Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like, and share it, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. It is 5.26 a.m. East Coast time. It is Thursday, November 7th, and we only have a four-game NBA slate. So we've been getting these nice, perfect-size eight-game, nine-game yesterday, seven-six. Now we get a four-game slate before, I believe, a massive 11-game slate tomorrow. So let's enjoy it, right? A couple of players to choose from, of course. We're going to break it down, but before we do, welcome to the channel if you are new here. My name is Sal Vetri, and I do cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. NFL content has been going out all week. NBA videos have been going out every single day. We haven't yet to miss one. They're converted into podcast episodes. If you're listening on the podcast, how's it going? If you could hit that follow and subscribe button on YouTube, subscribe button helps me out a ton. We're about to hit 15,000 subscribers. If I had to guess by Saturday night or Sunday morning at the very latest. Also, if you're listening on the podcast, be hit the subscribe button and you five-star rate and review for anybody listening. I really do appreciate that. You will be entered into a raffle to win a ticket into Fantasy Draft's main event this coming Sunday. So that will be announced on Saturday. Also, Fantasy Draft is the sponsor of these NBA videos, and you should check them out. Fantasy Draft is revolutionizing the way that you play daily fantasy sports. Yes, they are taking away rake. They have subscription packages for how much you would actually pay per month, and it's nowhere near the amount of money you would be paying for rake on DraftKings and FanDuel. And there's an idea that I have, and I'm trying to work on it right now, actually, um, with a third party, and just kind of bringing to life how much you actually lose um, by playing on some of these sites and just really being able to compare which sites you're playing on in sort of like a bankroll management tool. Um, if you'd be interested in something like that, let me know in the comments. I'll definitely try and get something like that brought to life, at least work through it. I think it'd be very helpful for just everybody um, in terms of the public playing and even sharps. Uh, so that is something that I think Fantasy Draft is in line with. And I've been playing over there. Hopefully the Listener League will be back today. It'll be linked up down below later on today in both the podcast and the YouTube version of this episode. So I have exclusive content. My NBA model and projection seems like a lot of people had a Good past week, and last night, already two people reached out to me. It's only 5.30 in the morning, I guess, from overnight. Um, somebody hit their first ever tournament using the projections, I think. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then somebody else on the Twitter DMs also said that, but I'm not sure if they're actually a Patreon. But anyways, you can link down below to that if you're interested in the projections or just my NBA exclusive slash NFL exclusive content. All of that is linked up down below as well as my social media accounts. And with that, um, let's get into it. If you are interested in signing up for Fantasy Draft, though, you can click the link down below. I don't get any of your money. It's just a tracking link that Fantasy Draft can see. Oh, okay. Somebody came from Sal's YouTube video slash podcast. Let's keep advertising for him. And that's the whole goal. Third-party advertisements. No money from you guys. So getting into it. We'll go team by team. These eight teams. That is all that we're really seeing here. So Ennis Cantor from Boston. Questionable with a knee injury. He has not been playing. He's missed the last five games. There's actually optimism that he plays in this game. It would affect Daniel Tice. It would affect Robert Williams. Also from Boston, Jalen Brown from his illness, which has been somewhat of an infection. Seems scary, but now he's probable to play. It's going to affect Gordon Hayward, who's been playing out of his mind. It's going to affect Jason Tatum, who's having the best start of a season to his career. And it's going to affect Marcus Smart, who's just been solid as Marcus Smart always is. And then finally for Boston, the most injuries are by far coming out of Boston. No other team has one piece of news, but Daniel Tice is probable with an ankle injury. He logged 30 minutes in the last game, um, so he's going to affect Robert Williams, of course, because if Robert Williams and or if Daniel Tice and Cantor were to miss, well, Robert Williams is the main guy, but it seems like Tice is at least going to play. Again, 30 minutes locked in the last game, but his price is now shot up. For Charlotte, P.J. Washington, lots of probables on this list. It seems like unless there's some 
random playing player wrestling throughout the day seems like we should be okay on news we'll see with Miami though they usually like to rest random players uh, whether it be a guy like Justice Winslow or Jimmy Butler but we'll see throughout the day can't speculate yet PJ Washington is probable with a lower leg injury um, you have Kawhi Leonard probable coming off of his rest night it's going to affect Lou Williams and Harrell who both yesterday touched pretty much 60 points on average and then it's going to affect Patrick Beverly Miami questionable Derek Jones Jr. He played in the last game, but he re-injured his groin injury. So if he's out for this one and Duncan Robinson is back in the starting lineup, it's a nice value piece in Duncan Robinson who should play at the very minimum 25 minutes, uh, probably closer to 30 most nights. Mike Muscala, he was originally listed as questionable because he missed practice yesterday. Then he was upgraded to not being on the injury report with a hand injury. It's nothing major. He only plays 13 minutes a game. But if he was to miss, Darius Baisley, a rookie, would be a nice bump to his minutes. It would probably secure him into the 20s. And on a four-game slate, any player that is dirt cheap and seeing in the 25 minutes or so in a rotation is going to automatically become value if they have any sort of point permanent production at all. Lastly, for San Antonio, Derek White, $4,500 on DraftKings. on fantasy draft. He's questionable with a lower body injury. He's likely to play. Like, this is just precautionary. They're saying he played 19 minutes in the last game and didn't re-aggravate anything. If, for some reason, Derek White was to get a built-in rest day here, Patty Mills and Bryn Forbes would benefit the most. So, that is all that we have right now. Let's go on to the target offense sheet. Again, it's a, we have all the Vegas lines, which is nice for doing these shows. Everybody can see um, what's happening. Obviously, things can change if players are out, but the target offense sheet is over my shoulder. You can see it if you're on the video version. Screenshot if you like. You get a version of this on Patreon along with my whole entire model and then along with a separate projections and interest sheet. Again, link down below on this podcast and or YouTube. So getting into it, Charlotte and Boston. Charlotte and Boston expected to play at a slower pace today. Um, what you get is a seven-point favorite from Boston. Not shocking, not surprising. Charlotte is holding on by their Devontae Graham shooting and Terry Rozier big minutes right now um, at being just an NBA team. And they've been playing, I guess, okay, but they have pretty much the lowest total implied on this slate right there with the Thunder, 105.25 the, um, for Charlotte. And then for Boston, 112.25 for the Celtics. So, I mean, the second highest total on the slate for Boston, they get Jalen Brown back. It messes some things up for sure. Marcus Smart's price is up to 5700 I want to have interest there. Charlotte struggles defending two guards, especially shooting guards. I want to have interest in Gordon Hayward. They priced him up to 7300 He's been the best Celtic, by the way. Like, Kemba's been very consistent in being consistent in Kemba, but Gordon Hayward, in terms of surprises, and maybe best overall player on this team. I mean, he went 17 for 20 in the last time out. Pretty much hits the game-winning shots. Um, just looked really good. Uh, he's priced up to 7300 Tatum's priced up to 7800 who, for the most part, has been paying that tag off uh, for this season. And Jalen Brown is now priced up to 5700 coming back. So Jalen Brown, I imagine, continues to come off the bench in some sort of mid to high 20s minute role. The bigs continue to be banged up and not playing all that well. So it's just a spot where everybody on Boston today is priced up. Kemba, it's a four-game slate, so it makes sense. Kemba's at 9300 He's been performing okay, but to pay off a price tag, very similar in price. Second highest player in the slate, I believe, right next to Kawhi Leonard. More expensive than Damian Lillard. It's just interesting. It doesn't seem like a spot that I have a ton of interest in. Marcus Smart at 5700 Like I said, I kind of want to get there, but the price tag, it seems like $500 too expensive. Jalen Brown coming off this illness, same price tag, same exact thing, going to be coming off the bench. The pieces that stand out for me the most on Boston are probably Gordon Hayward, although his price tag is skyrocketing, and his production, though, continues to stabilize, and he looks the best he's looked in a couple of years now. And then after that, it's probably a mixture of the Marcus Smarts for some sort of middling value and or Jason Tatum if you're trying to pay off. But I, I probably prioritize Gordon Hayward here. Outside of that, if Daniel Tice is in, 
He's 5,700, I believe, as well, or they, they bumped his price tag up as well. So even if he plays 30 minutes, I mean, now he's having to get you that 30 fantasy point that he can get it. This is a good matchup for him to get it. So let me reprioritize. I'd probably go Gordon Hayward, then Daniel Tice. But again, none of them are standing out as half to plays because everybody seems to now be healthy for Boston. And if Ennis Kander comes back at 4,800, the entire team is healthy. So um, keep an eye on all this news. If Ennis Kander was to come back, I would probably want him the most a center that is only $4,800 on the slate against Charlotte and Cody Zeller. And then after that, it's rookie P.J. Washington. Washington, they'll be blocking a ton of shots, looking decent on defense. If Kanner comes back, it's probably um, just him that I get to uh, some Gordon Hayward on the Charlotte side. I mean, it's a tough spot. This defense is still pretty solid all the way around, except for the bigs. P.J. Washington, the rookie, gives me some interest. He's battling a lower leg injury, but seems to be probable. Cody Zeller, if they're not playing really any minutes in the last game, they kind of went small at times. He seems like a guy that I have interest in here, if indeed, even if Anis Kanter is in, it's probably a bump up if they, over Daniel Tice. All these guys, though, nothing shocking in terms of her scaring defense. Devontae Graham's price is up. I mean, the guy who just went absolutely berserk in the last game, hard to ignore that hard to ignore the minutes he's playing so you have terry rogier was playing huge minutes like odds are in a revenge game if you want to take that 36 minutes in this game around there for him you have Devonte graham who's been playing big minutes and just shooting a ton 21 times the last time out i don't really want to ride the Devonte graham hot shooting although he just continues to hit it it's going to have to come down to earth and then it's a brutal matchup for terry rogier the upside is their price points are both below 7K. I mean, Terry Rozier, 6,800, Devontae Graham, lower 6K range. And if Rozier is going to play 36 plus minutes, it's really hard to imagine him not being some sort of a producer that gets around the 34 fantasy point or 33 fantasy point day to pay off that salary, if not more, with a higher ceiling. So I do have interest in Rozier. Some interest in P.J. Washington and Cody Zeller against these bigs. Devontae Graham, not so much interest. I love the kid's talent. I mean, he's from where I live now in, in North Carolina, um, but... Not something that I'm trying to go out of my way to get to on this slate yet. San Antonio and Oklahoma City. San Antonio, look, uh, same thing goes for DeJounte Murray. He played 19 minutes in the last game. He's on a pretty strict 22 to 24 minute cap at the most. Yes, he's been very good at times. No, I do not want to play him today once again. It's not the toughest of matchups, right? SGA has not been all that scary. Chris Paul's defense has taken a step back for sure. But it's not like... I want to be getting to DeJounte Murray, who, if I'm lucky, will get me like 23 minutes today. Yes, he's been really good on a point-per-minute production basis. The Spurs do have a 109.5 team implied a little, but I just go elsewhere, especially for the price point still. Lamarcus Aldridge is still 6,900. He had a great first half last time out and does nothing in the second half. I get it. Just like me, I'm sure everybody watching this is going, Lamarcus Aldridge tonight again. Look, he's 6,900. He's going to be playing power forward slash center once again. Yes, he has a difficult matchup against Steven Adams, so that's worrisome. But he's 6,900 for a guy who likely plays 35-plus minutes at the five in an offense that, for the most part, is going to run through him as an extent or to an extent on a lot of these set plays. Um, so, yes, San Antonio stands out the most as Marcus Aldridge. Trey Lyles, if he starts at the four, which he has been doing 50 to 60% of the time or even more of these games, three-quarters of them, he's interesting just for value on a slate where right now we don't have much injury news, if any. It's a slate where you just have to get built-in value, and you're probably lucky if he plays like 20 to 22 minutes, and last game he paid that tag off. He hasn't paid it off half the time, but he's just a power forward who can snag some rebounds. A tougher matchup against Oklahoma City, though. I'm not a spot that I'm probably going to prioritize. On the OKC side of things, actually, I should mention that San Antonio, for more built-in value, Bryn Forbes at the shooting guard makes sense. On the OKC side of things, lowest implied total on the slate. Not much stands out here. I mean, you have like Hamadou Diallo for very, very cheap and a guy who you're lucky if he plays 20, 22 minutes and he has been hitting value, but that's not just going to sustain, I imagine, on his limited minutes and he's just snagging a lot of peripherals right now. But OKC, I mean, nothing really stands out. I don't really want Chris Paul in this spot. I don't want to pay for that. SGA, I've been playing nonstop and his price tag continues to be too low at 7,100. So if you want to get to SGA, by all means, you can go ahead and do that on a four-game slate. I think he does have the ceiling and floor to make sense there. 
Terrence Ferguson's not doing anything with his minutes. Steven Adams, I don't really want to get to against the Spurs. There's not much here from OKC, to be honest with you. It's Hamadou Diallo if you really want a value that's probably pretty thin, but he's cheap. And then I prefer SGA over Chris Paul. And that's about it. Phoenix and Miami. There's some decent options here. For Miami, you have Jimmy Butler just way too cheap. Um, he's going to come in around 7,100 or 7,200 on the slate, I believe. And then you probably have the best play on the slate that I'm seeing right now, at least, in Bam Adebayo, who has just a fantastic matchup. Second most fantasy points allowed on the slate is Phoenix to centers. And now you have Bam, who's just playing huge and solid minutes at 7K flat. He'll fit into a power forward spot for you. This Miami team is a 108.5 team implied total. We're supposed to see a decent-paced game, the highest-paced game, at least for this slate. I think Bam is probably my favorite play on the slate as of now, right? This is as of before 6 a.m. in the morning, um, 5.38 right now exactly. So things can change for sure. Uh, but for right now, I really do like Bam. Kelly Olenek saw more minutes than Myers Leonard at the four. If you see Kelly Olenek flop into the starting lineup, he's a smash play. I mean, this is the best spot on the slate for a power forward is against Phoenix right now, where they really just don't have power forwards because, I mean, they barely have centers going out there right now since they don't have Aiton. They're putting Aaron Baines at the center mixed with some Frank Kaminsky, and then at power forward, they're just left undersized right now. Similar things can be said for Portland in a second when we get to this last game, but for right now, check, keep an eye on what the starting lineup looks like. If it's Myers Leonard at the four, you can feel good about getting to him as value. He's priced up. You have a cheaper Kelly Olynyk who will come off the bench and more times than not play around 20 minutes. Last time he got up to 24. If he gets inserted into the starting lineup, I like Kelly Olynyk a lot. I like Bam a lot. I like Jimmy Butler's price tag a good deal. After that, there's not much interest. Justice Winslow should be back today, which at his price point, I guess he's an okay spot. He has not been producing nearly as well once Jimmy Butler has come back, but that should change. He's not going to play 30 minutes and average close to 0.55, 0.6 fantasy points per minute. So at Justice Winslow's price point, he's probably um, too underpriced. So Miami, honestly, in a spot where last came out, they were all priced to a spot I didn't want to get to them. They're all in very favorable spots. I prioritize Miami right now. Let's say if Kelly Olynyk's coming off the bench, I would prioritize this as Bam, Jimmy Butler, Myers Leonard, and then just a mixture of guys, probably Justice Winslow. If Ban- or if Kelly Olynyk is starting, I'd go Bam, Kelly Olynyk, Jimmy Butler, um, and then Justice Winslow more, more than likely. Phoenix side of the ball, don't really want Booker here. Toughest spot on the slate. I know he can just shoot lights out. He did it last time out in a tough matchup. But I'd rather go elsewhere on this sort of a slate. He is underpriced for what his ceiling is, but for what his floor is, and taking that into account, I guess it, it starts to make some sense. Phoenix, the best spot on the slate for a small forward, albeit like these teams aren't going to get into set pieces all that much. But Kelly Oubre is probably priced up for this matchup at $6,000. I hesitate to get there because on a four-game slate, my money can go a longer way in other spots, I believe. But if you are just dumping around in that fifty-five to $6,500 range or even just even a tighter range of 6200 to 6000 or 5800 I do think Kelly Oubre stands out as a guy who has a a pretty solid floor and maybe a really good ceiling so the other spot here that i think stands out maybe a really good ceiling is i think he does have a quality ceiling for a 6k price tag somewhere in the 40s uh, for phoenix you have aaron baines who i have him as a question mark right now in terms of on the next sheet for my target offenses or my player just being a yellow but he might actually be a red this is just a brutal spot against miami i mean Whoever it is out there that you're going up against, Bam, I mean, the entire defense is very good. But Bam, Myers Leonard, Kelly Olinick, whoever it is, it's a tough spot. They give up the least fantasy points on the slate by over two fantasy points per game to the center position. The issue, and it's not much of an issue, but Myers Leonard last time out plays the 76ers at four. Or, um, Aaron Baines plays the 76ers, does completely fine, 38 fantasy points. Game before that, he faces Memphis, and they're a poor rebounding team for sure, but they have Joe Bell out there. They had Jaron Jackson Jr. They have size, Brandon Clark, the rookie. So it's a spot where he's been outperforming some really tough matchups and now he might have his toughest matchup yet I would say Philadelphia definitely was the tougher one but um, it's a spot that he's still playing big minutes he's a really good point per minute producer he offense is somewhat going through this guy so I do have interest on a small slate in Aaron Baines price tag just know that it's a very scary spot 
Lastly, the Clippers in Portland, Kawhi Leonard should be back. They have the highest total on the slate by three by three total points, one fifteen point two five. They're five point favorites, highest overall game total on the slate at two twenty five and a half. Um, that's six and a half higher than the next total, which is Phoenix and Miami. So yeah, Clippers are back. Kawhi Leonard's on the slate. I like him. Look, it's somewhat of a tough matchup defensively, but he's pretty much matchup proof. He's coming off of a rest day, and when Kawhi Leonard plays 30 to 32 minutes, his point per minute production is damn near two fantasy points per minute. Um, I feel really good about getting to Kawhi Leonard tonight on a slate where he's the most expensive player, and he's only 9,600, meaning that there's really not that high pricing overall on the slate. There's only, I think, two guys in play in the 9K, three guys in play in the 9K range. I think it's Lillard, Kemba. I'm at 93 for Kemba, 91 for Lillard, and then 96 for uh, Kawhi. Those guys are just too close in price. Like Kemba on a good night tonight will go for 50, um, and it's a good matchup for him to do that. More times than not, as a median projection, Kawhi's going to go for 50 to hit 55. Um, so, yeah, it's a good spot for Kawhi. I like Kawhi here. Outside of Kawhi, I mean, Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell will now take a back seat. They each have tough individual matchups. They're not going to play the huge minutes they did yesterday. They're not going to have nearly as much usage. So, for the Clippers, it's really just Kawhi. I mean, yes, you can get back to Harrell, whose price point doesn't change, but he's going to have a totally different role and a more difficult matchup closer to the rim. You can get back to Lou Williams if you want. I'm never going to say don't. I mean, in 29, 30 minutes, even with Kawhi on the court for some of those minutes, he can lead the team in touches and he can just go absolutely berserk like he sort of did last night to an extent. So it goes for me, Kawhi, Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams in that order on this team. Pat Beverly is always just there for somewhat of value. But since Kawhi has been on the court, Beverly's value just has tanked. On the Portland side, I really like Lillard. Look, Lillard's 9,100 continues to outproduce that price tag. It's a good individual spot for Lillard. Yes, if he gets Pat Beverly on him at times, it could be tough, which makes CJ McCollum a better play. But I think Pat Beverly probably stays on McCollum for um, more parts of this game. Portland side of it, it's really standing out to me is two guys, Damian Lillard and then you have Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside is just way too cheap. He's $6,400 with the best matchup on the slate against the Clippers. Excuse me. Of Like Zubak is not going to hold a candle. Harrell will try his best. He'll be a much more difficult opponent Um, but if you're getting 25 minutes even which you're probably getting more 26 to 28 out of um, Hassan Whiteside today it's just a smash spot $6,400 it's just a really good spot Bam and Hassan Whiteside are both in good spots as the bigs on the slate they both make a lot of sense to roster from honestly from Portland I prioritize at his price tag Hassan Whiteside and then I get to Damian Lillard and then I like Mario Hazonia I mean Mario Hazonia continues to play big minutes because they need him to they literally need him to at this point Portland's backup center. I mean, Zach Collins is going to be out for a good amount of time now. I mean, months uh, with this shoulder injury that he just had surgery on. And they just don't have depth. Like, they have Skull playing the backup center minutes behind Hassan Whiteside now. Power forward, it's just a mixture of guys at this point. So um, we'll get over to my early interest. I think that Mario Hazonia is getting enough power forward minutes and just enough minutes overall to be productive on this slate where he's cheap enough. And then there's other guys on this team like Rodney Hood. Let's get to the early interest, and we'll go through all of them. So if you're listening on the podcast, I will let you know the early interest. It's kind of on a sheet here. You can check it out later on on the video version. Potentially can start getting these posted somewhere else. Um, but it's factored by salary, and I have on here 19 early interest for a four-game slate. So you're welcome. Please hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. Maybe we can get like 400 likes on this video. Usually for the NBA videos, we get like 150 or so. If we can hit 400 likes, that would be pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, hit the subscribe button. Also, I will do one last call for the audio version. Five-star rate interview really helps me go a long way on the audio version, reach more people, allows me to continue to be independent, continue to put out this content as often as an, and, and as consistent as I do. So I really do appreciate that. Getting the audio version built up as well is a big goal of mine, the biggest goal of mine for the rest of the year. 
Kawhi Leonard, 9,600 on DraftKings, $17,500 over on Fantasy Draft. Yeah, I'm going to get to Kawhi Leonard today. He's way too cheap. Um, even if he's appropriately priced, him being the most expensive player in the slate, I imagine he's very easy to get to due to the mid-range value and, and really high ceiling value that we have in some players like Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and Lamarcus Aldridge, Hassan Whiteside. And then we're going to have to just take stabs as of right now unless an injury comes out on some of the lower and middling guys in the 4 and 3K range who are just built in values in the slate, meaning that there's no injuries impacting their status right now. So it's going to be one of those types of slates, but you don't have to pay $11,000 for a stud. You can pay $9,000 and feel good. So I like Kawhi Leonard and Damian Lillard on the payup options. Gordon Hayward I have in yellow at 7300 It's really hard for me to recommend Gordon Hayward on this slate when you have Jimmy Butler at 7200 who is not going to be competing with nearly as many people on his team. When you have Bam at a Bayou at $7,000, who is arguably in the best spot on the entire slate. And then you have LaMarcus Aldridge at 6900 I prefer, in this order, Bam, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Jimmy Butler to Gordon Hayward. So I have him in yellow. He's probably my favorite pay-up option. Like, if Ennis Cantor is out today, Gordon Hayward would be the guy in the Celtics I'd probably get to the most if I wanted to. It's just a banner of his price tags up there. So I have him in yellow, meaning that like he's the fourth interest of mine in that 7k range the low 7k range high 6k range so it usually means i probably don't get to him all that often jimmy butler bam Adebayo, and the marcus aldridge round out those next players and like i said i prefer bam aldridge and butler in that order on this slate next up is terry rogier he's in yellow at 6800 he's in yellow for the same reason gordon hayward is in yellow i can pay a hundred dollars more and get Lamarcus aldridge yes i can pay two hundred dollars more and get bam Adebayo. yes i can pay four hundred dollars more and get jimmy butler that's most definitely a yes. Or I can save $400 and get to the Sam Whiteside. Yes. So like if I'm going to get to all those guys way before Terry Rozier, it makes it difficult to get to. Now, if Rozier is like 5%, 10% owned on a four-game slate, sure, you can pivot there. He's playing big enough minutes, tough matchup, but he's going to be yellow on this slate. And honestly, I might put him as more of a red. I just don't want it to be, I'll put him as an, an orange. There we go. Um, he's a guy that I, I would want to get to. If just looking at the slate, not like in a vacuum, not looking at the context of it, but all the guys priced around it makes it really tough to get there. Hassan White's at 6,400. He just seems like a smash play today as long as he stays out of foul trouble and is not injured. 6,400 on DraftKings. He's $12,700 on Fantasy Draft. Jimmy Butler is actually priced up on Fantasy Draft. He's more expensive than Gordon Hayward, so there is more of a conversation. But yeah, Jimmy Butler is just underpriced on DraftKings, to be honest with you. Um, Bam Adebayo is very much underpriced. He's $700 cheaper than Jimmy Butler on Fantasy Draft as opposed to just $200 cheaper on DraftKings. Like, Bam Adebayo, your lineups on fantasy draft should just start with bam and a bio um next up is kelly Oubre at six thousand dollars he's in yellow and aaron baines at fifty eight hundred dollars he's in yellow these guys are just we could also talk about cody zeller at fifty six hundred these guys in this five to six k range those are the only three guys i have interest in between five thousand and six thousand i probably have the most interest in cody zeller at fifty six hundred you get the price savings he's playing center he should see bigger minutes and even if ennis Cantor's in there it's a good matchup for him but i'm not convicted around any of them really like Kelly Oubre is fine if you have that amount of money left exactly I I wouldn't feel terrible about it Aaron Baines is in another really difficult matchup here he's center only and on a slate where I like Sam Whiteside it kind of handicaps me to do what else I can do with my lineup at that point when you have Hassan Whiteside and Bam out of Iowa on a slate and then you want to play Aaron Baines as well so he's been winning very difficult matchups but now Aaron Baines is priced to a point where if he doesn't go for 30 fantasy points for you it was a failed experiment at his price point so I'm going to put Aaron Baines as more of a red on this slate because I do think he's in play and I'll do the same thing for Rozier I do think these guys are in play but just the players around them and even at their own position for more or less are just a lot better to get to in my opinion 
Bam's been killing it, 31 point, or Aaron Baines has been killing it, 31.1 fantasy points per game. He has a 20.9 usage rate and 24.4 minutes per game, and those minutes are definitely coming up. They're skewed from early season backup minutes. It's just really tough, though, that he has probably the toughest matchup on the slate, and he just has to get me 30 fantasy points. Like, if he gets me 25, it's not okay. It's no longer he's priced in the 4K range, and that's smashing. He's priced close to $6,000. $2,500 is a dud in your lineup, or 25 points is a dud in your lineup. And his Cantor's in yellow at 4,800. He's he's a very good play. Or maybe not very good. He's a solid play if he plays because he's a very good offensive player. He should be out there if he stays out of foul trouble for around 28 minutes or so if he's fully healthy. I just don't know if he's going to be fully healthy. He's $9,400 on Fantasy Draft. I'd probably go elsewhere on Fantasy Draft. Um, he seems a little bit priced up there. Bryn Forbes at $4,300. So now we're getting into that built-in pretty... I don't want to say garbage, but not players that you really usually go out of your way to play. You're, you just left with four or $5,000, and you're like, oh, i got to fit a guy or two in. Bryn Forbes has been seeing stable minutes at $4,300 on DraftKings, $8,500 on Fantasy Draft. It's a fair price on both sites. He's seeing 29 minutes per game. If he shoots half decent, he pays off that tag with 20 to 25 Fantasy points. So he's okay for value. I have him in green. Kelly Olenek, I have in yellow. If Kelly Olenek starts, yeah, it's a smash spot. I mean, he's 4200 on DraftKings, $8,300 on Fantasy Draft. He's only playing 20 minutes per game, which is the issue, but he's in a high-paced game. Decent team total of 108.5. He's seeing about 20 Fantasy points per minute, and he or per game, not per minute, yikes. Um, and he gets Phoenix, which is just the best spot for a power forward on the slate. I have interest in Kelly Olenek or Myers Leonard, whichever one starts. Um, I have a lot more interest in Olenek if he starts just because I know what he can do on the offensive side of it. Mario Hazonia at $4,100. He's been just playing big minutes. Like I would expect 25-plus minutes from Hazonia here. Continues to produce pretty well. I mean, he's only averaging 18 fantasy points per game, but some of that skewed from the first couple of games of the year where he wasn't getting these sorts of minutes. $8,100 on Fantasy Draft, $4,100 on DraftKings. He's small forward eligible, and he'll have power forward minutes today, so I do like that. Uh, Hamadou, Aba- uh, Hamadou Diallo is $7,800 on Fantasy Draft. He's $4,000 on DraftKings. So I'm going to put him in yellow. Uh, so he's a guy who's a value, or maybe I'll put him in red. He's a value. I just doubt I get there. For $100 more, you can have Mario Hazonia. $300 more, you could have Bryn Forbes. And those guys are probably locked into five-plus more minutes than he is um, at similar point-per-minute or better point-per-minute production. And then you have Rodney Hood, who's probably locked into 10 more minutes than Diallo. Hood's been playing around 32 minutes per game at 3,200. Like right now, not counting injuries. Again, it's early in the morning. Rodney Hood is probably the best value on the slate because he's going to play. He's playing 32.6 minutes per game. And if he just shoots half decent, he fits into a shooting guard or small forward spot. He's averaging 22.5 fantasy points per game. Uh, Like he is $1,000 too cheap on the slate, just to be honest with you, like $3,800 for his role on this offense in a spot where his team has a 110.25 team implied total on the highest total game on the slate. Yes, if Rodney Hood is healthy, he should be able to easily pay off a $3,800 tag. Even if he scores 20 fantasy points, he's paying off that tag. If he scores 25, he's smashing the value, and 25 is right around, um, is he's scoring, if he scores his average here of 22.5 fantasy points, his average in a high total game where he's playing big minutes, he smashes that price tag for you. So he's a good spot. Trey Lyles and Duncan Robinson are in yellow. Duncan Robinson, if he starts for an injured Derek Rose, who's question, or Derek, um, Derek White right now, who is, I keep saying the wrong Derek's, it's Derek Jones Jr., who is questionable to small forward position. If he is out, then you're going to have Duncan Robinson probably taking on 25 to 30 minutes per game. At 3,600, that's a good spot to be in. He could fall right flat on his face, but it's a good matchup against Phoenix. So that is that. Trey Lyles is the last name at 3,700. Lyles is more of the thinner value. Like if he starts, you're, maybe you get 22 minutes out of him. Um, so it's just tough to want to prefer Lyles, who's a better point per minute producer than Rodney Hood and Mario Hazonia. But for $100 more, I could have Rodney Hood, who I know is going to play like 10 more minutes than Lyles on an average night. It's just really tough to then want to get to Lyles. So that's where I'm at right now. 
Uh, I think the slate is nice because there's not insanely expensive players. So the built-in value that we have makes it kind of easy to get to the Kawhi's and Damian Lillard's at the top end and fill it out with some balanced players in the middle. So I hope this video helps you a lot. If you're still listening, who do you think, link up that or comment down below, who do you think is the best value play on the slate? It could be at any price range. It could be Kawhi. It could be all the way down to Rodney Hood, the mid-range. What do you think? Who do you think is the best value play on the slate? Let me know in the comments down below. And then if you could hit the subscribe button, greatly appreciate it. Maybe we got a little bit of a push today. We can hit 15,000 subscribers. Would really, really like that. If we hit 15,000 subscribers today, I will make my projections and models free over on Patreon. It's going to be a push, right? We need to have another 200 people. But if you hit the subscribe button, totally free. I will then hit make my projections later on today free. A lot of people probably won't listen this far, but if you do, hit that subscribe button. Tell your mother, your brother, your sister, whoever. I really do appreciate it. My social medias are linked up down below as well as my exclusive content on Patreon. And please go check out Fantasy Draft. I will link up the Listener League. I'll get back to them today, down below, later on today. It'll also be posted on some of my Twitter uh, tweets that go out for this video. So thank you for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. My name is Sal. You already know that. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.